0: Hello, I'm Greg Whitby and thanks for tuning in to Blue Yonder Voices, where each month I get a chance to sit down with an educator and talk about the work of learning and teaching in today's world. I'm really happy today that I'm chatting with Dr Louise Stoll. Louise is Professor of Professional Learning at the London Centre for Leadership in Learning at University College London's Institute of Education and is an international consultant in this field. Welcome Louise. Thank you, Greg. Of all the the careers perhaps that were open to you (laughs) while you were a young person, what drew you into education or how did you end up doing what you're doing now?
1: I think probably there was no question about it, that it was going to be something up in the helping area. My dad was a general practitioner. My mum was a kindergarten teacher and then did a lot of work with children with disabilities. It was all around me when I was growing up. So I think it just happened. But uh, I thought I was going to become an educational psychologist and I got a little waylaid quite early on in my teaching and became a researcher.
0: So what was your sort of career path into teaching and then into academic work?
1: Um, Yes, well I did an undergraduate psychology degree and then a year of teacher training. And then I went in and I became a researcher at the Inner London Education Authority as it was then on on an exciting research project. And it was only later on really that I did a PhD and got into university. But I was first of all a local authority and school district researcher because I also worked in Canada for six years.
0: And what were the issues that sort of drove your curiosity and, and moved you to the next stage in your career? What were the things that were starting to concern you or interest you about what was happening in schooling?
1: Well, I've always been fundamentally driven. The most important thing is by the children and the young people and what's going to make a difference for them. But I became increasingly curious and obsessed by the learning of the adults and what leaders could do and needed to do to try and find out leaders all levels of the system that was going to make a difference to help the adults in schools learn, grow, collaborate and thrive so that the children can flourish.
0: And what sort of things have you discovered with that Ooh. curiosity? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well, I've um, spent quite a lot of my time in terms of research in looking at different aspects of collaboration of professional learning communities within and between schools and um, schools as learning organisations. I've also looked at um, leadership and and uh, spent some time in research and development projects with uh, teams of school leaders and district leaders On how they explore their own creativity and discover what conditions will help their colleagues be creative because if we want the children to be creative then adults need to be able to do that too.
0: Do you think we've come a long way in understanding the essence of this whole issue of leading learning communities because in a sense it's so much different to the way we have seen leaders in schools and principal being in charge. Do you think we've come some way?
1: I think we've come some way. I think we've come probably quite a long way in understanding it. Whether we've come that far in being able to make it happen is, is another matter. And um, some leaders in schools and in school systems seem to be more successful in doing that than others. But one of the things that excites me... Uh, is that a lot of academics seem to be exploring this area now. And the more of us that are working to look at this area and hopefully collaborating ourselves, as well as collaborating with practitioners to do that, the more we're going to be able to help move it along.
0: Yeah. Without naming names, does a, a principal come to your mind who you'd say, you've seen this in this principle?
1: Oh well, I c- yes, I can. I can think of um, lots of principles. Um, I'm particularly thinking of ones in England, head teachers, uh, who really have been able to light that spark. And of course, uh, more than anything else, they're modelling collaborative practice, even even in a time when they may feel that uh, schools are competitive. They are, are going beyond that.
0: There's definitely a feeling here in Australia at the moment of principals being under siege and the, the issues of stress and well-being are really coming to the fore. What's your response to that sort of understanding? Um, huge
1: concern. I think I'm very worried about Australia and I'm very worried. Same thing in England and I'm worried about teachers who are under pressure and stress and uh, retention and people not wanting to stay in the profession and I think that's different from a a parallel issue which is that the younger generation is more likely to want to change and move on anyway and I think that at the very highest levels Uh, Governments have to take a very hard and long look at themselves and and what they're doing to put so much pressure on the profession.
0: That's a a perfect segue into the question. If you were suddenly made the Minister for Education, what sort of things would you be attempting to put into place?
1: I guess I would uh, be thinking about how can we seriously uh, build... uh, Personal professional accountability which I think a, 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 a lot of um, school teachers and leaders have anyway and collective responsibility uh, that comes from inside and is not from outside so I would be looking at accountability systems and I would be bringing in members of the profession to consult as well But I think there is another area that we absolutely have to focus on and think about is to be absolutely sure that uh, our schools are helping young people prepare for their future and not for their parents' past.
0: One of the things that everybody who's done this podcast, as we've come back to, is a, a, a teacher who somehow has stuck with them. and and that they've encountered in their schooling. Is there one particular teacher or or a couple of teachers that you believe has helped shape you?
1: Well, uh, there are probably a couple, but um, I particularly think of my drama teacher. (laughs) She was extremely helpful in those early days. In fact, she, she helped me when I was very young because I had a lisp, and that's why I started working with her. But uh, I think she helped me start to build the confidence to be able to speak out more.
0: Well, I think we're in a good space and, and um, if we cover those issues that you've been um, turning your mind to, I think it's going to take us into the, in the right... We're heading in the right direction. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, Louise, thank you very much for your time. You can search for this podcast in the series by going to blueyonder.wordpress.com or subscribe to the blog for alerts. These podcasts can also be found on iTunes or via your favourite podcast app. I'm Greg Whitby, and you've been listening to Blue Yonder Voices.